stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. You hear that? Well, hello, this is the podcast for Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and this is episode number nine. I'm so glad you've chosen today to tune in as our pastor, Bill Rogers, talks about building your dream house. And in this particular episode, he talks about the building blocks of that dream house. I hope through listening to this, your faith is encouraged, your walk with Christ is strengthened, and you want to live a more dedicated life in service to Him. Enjoy these next few minutes. If you have your Bibles today, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 7, and Matthew chapter 7. Two weeks ago, I talked about uh, building a dream house. Uh, maybe I should have called this a blueprint for a building a dream house. But I just want to continue with that and you understand the dream house that I'm talking about is not a physical house. But your life, how to have, how to have a great life, a wonderful life. In Matthew chapter 7, I'll put my mask aside for the moment. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus speaking. Now notice, this is, this is the end of... This is right at the end, the last thing he says from the Sermon on the Mount. And he's been preaching and teaching to them. And he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fail, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. One other verse before I really begin, please flip over to 1 Corinthians, or I'm sorry, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. While you're turning, just, just some thoughts from, again, two weeks ago. We have to build our life on God's word, God's principles. If you will build your life on God's principles, you'll have a dream house. You'll have a great life. If you don't, you'll have failure for sure. We have to build on God's word. We have to develop we have to develop a godlike disposition, an attitude, a mindset. And if we don't, then we will become conformed to this world because you're either going to think like God or you're going to think like the world. Amen? And I might just say to you a caution to all of us, including Pastor Bill, when you listen more to the news When you stay on Facebook more than you get into God's Word, you're probably following the Word. You're going to be conformed to the world. The Word of God is pure and true and right and righteous. And if you'll meditate in His law day and night, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers. I mean, say amen. You'll have a blooming, blossoming life. Thank God for that. A fruitful life, won't you? 
Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I just want to read the first line of verse 13. It says, And now abide faith, hope, love. Faith, hope, and love. I believe they're going to put on the screen the pictures that I showed from a couple of weeks ago of the houses. Here's a house. I believe this is in Alaska. If you're going to build in Alaska, you have to understand that the, the earth there is freezing and thawing constantly. And so evidently this person didn't know, didn't understand that. Here's a house in a storm, in the middle of a storm. Uh, yeah, there's one in the middle of a storm too. Looks like somebody's losing a roof. But I like this last one. I like it. Somebody, somebody knew how to build. Somebody understood the importance of a good foundation and a good structure. And although everything around it is, is down, it's still standing. That's the kind of life that God wants you to have. How many want that kind of life? So I want to talk about this morning from, from 1 Corinthians 13, 13. I want to talk about faith hope, and love. And I want to call these building blocks. These are key factors, key principles from the Word of God, key things from the Word of God that you will have to build on for your house to stand. Faith, hope, and love. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith sees beyond the present. It gives us hope in the future, causing us to have hope and to love life. If you see people, if you yourself do not love life, you lack faith. Because if you, if you love life and you want a great life, you will have to learn to walk in faith. If you don't learn to walk in faith, your house will be destroyed. And let me just insert this ahead of time. You will be part of the destruction of your own house. Why? Because if you don't understand faith, you are talking against the word of God. You're talking against the promises of God. You don't really believe it's going to get better. You don't really believe that God's going to give you a good life. You don't really believe that God's going to save you and all of the, uh, everything that comes with that word saved. You don't really believe that's going to happen if you keep talking about the way things are. If you continue to th talk about the way things are presently, you will never see any difference in the future. Don't recognize, don't even recognize the devil and all of his works. Don't talk about what bad things is happening. What you talk about is what the good things that God is doing in your life. I mean, say amen. amen. Now, if, if you don't get this part, if you don't get that part, the rest of this sermon won't mean the thing. Because if you don't learn, if I don't learn to call things that are not as though they are, if I keep talking about things, you know, this is presently how things are, then the things that presently are will continue to be present. But if I talk about the goodness of God, this is what God promises, this is what I claim, this is what I'm going to have in my life, 
This is what I have in my life. If I don't learn to do that, nothing will ever change. And eventually my house will collapse if I don't learn to speak the word of God. Ask your neighbor, did you get that? Come on, ask him. Did you get that? Faith is a confident belief in the truth or the trustworthiness of God in his word. Faith does not rest in logic or material evidence. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the report is. Having say amen. I don't care about that. What I care about is what does God's word say, say about it. Does not rest in logic. Well, you know, it's just logical. And let me just say up front, I appreciate our governor and I appreciate his stance. I appreciate, and you know, I wore a mask this morning for the most part, simply out of respect for him. And, and uh, I believe that we need to do that. I believe we need to respect, honor people in authority. I mean, say amen. But I can, I can tell you now, I refuse to get into fear. I refuse to claim. I refuse to talk about. And see, all the reporting that you're getting is talking about how many more people are sick. How many more And when you get to dwelling on that, then you start expecting it to happen to you. And everybody said amen. amen. So we stand on God, honor the king, honor the ruler, honor them, respect them, respect them. But at the same time, I'm going to honor God also. Amen. amen. So it's a confident belief in the truth or the trustworthiness of God and his word. Does not rest in logic or material evidence. Hebrews 11 says it is a substance or the realization of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. Well, if I can't see it, what evidence do I have? You have faith. Faith is your evidence. Faith is your evidence. And when I have evidence, whenever my mouth speaks the evidence of God's word, then I have all the evidence that I need. And everybody said amen. It's the it's the, the, the patriarchs of the Old Testament that are talked about in the book of Hebrews. Uh, they, were, they were powerful. They lived and they operated by faith. I believe I counted and there's 13 or 15 verses in Hebrews 11 where it talks about by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Noah, by faith, by Joseph, by faith. They operated in faith. They operated by faith, they claim the promises of God. And remember now, faith is voice activated. It calls things that are not as though they were, Romans 4, 17. See, Satan cannot, Satan cannot curse you. You understand, he can't curse you. How many know God's already blessed you, so Satan can't curse you? But what he does is he gets you and I to curse ourselves. Mm -hmm. From the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. And if I dwell on everything that the news is saying nowadays, I want to tell you right out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is going to speak. And I must refuse that. 
And, and Satan starts lying to you. This is not going to happen. Uh, you, you know, you hear those lies rolling over in your, in your mind. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not smart enough. It's all that self-condemning. See, because if you don't trust God, you, you, you have to trust God. Uh, let, me go, let me go back to Hebrews 11. I believe it's verse 7 where it says, By faith Noah built an ark. By faith, you can build your ark. You can build your dream life. You know, I'm sure that Noah could have been working on an ark and one of his neighbors could have come along and said, what are you doing, Noah? And he would have said, I'm building an ark. And his neighbor could have said, what's an ark? Oh, it's a a flotation device. For what? For my family and I to survive a flood. What's a flood? Uh, well, it's water. It's water and it's going to rain. What's rain? You realize it never rained before. Never had it rained before. And he's telling everybody, he's acting like it's going to rain. You know why he acted like that? Because God told him it was going to. So see, you, you have to put aside what everybody else is saying. You have to put aside all those questions, all of that doubt and unbelief. You have to push that aside. And, you know, let me just say this about the ultra-logical people that we sometimes have to deal with. Sometimes you just have to put an end to the conversation. Because how many know, I won't, I won't do that. I won't call them dumb. But, but, you know, you just can't reason with God's Word against people that they want to reason with the world, way the world thinks. Scientifically, they can prove a lot of things. Well, by the word of God, I can prove a lot of things too. That science does not back up. Do you know that science says the hummingbird cannot fly? Uh huh. They're not too smart, are they? I see hummingbirds flying quite often. But they say there is no way with their body, with their wingspan and all that, there is no way they can fly. They could care less. The hummingbird could care less. God said fly, they fly. I mean, say amen. amen. So by faith, by faith, you have to build this life. We must have faith in God in order to build a great life. And let me, let me just continue with this. Say this. You, you have to have faith in God, and you have to have faith in your faith in God. You have to stand. You have to have the, see, when Jesus said, when Jesus said, have faith in God, he was saying, have the God kind of faith. You and I have to have the God kind of faith. Amen. Words build or they tear down. In, in Philippians chapter 2, there's a verse that says, and I, I use it quite often because it, I ponder it a lot. I meditate on it a lot. I think about it a lot. Let this mind be in you. What that says to me, think like God thinks. Let this mind be in you. And then as you continue through the book of Philippians, if you study that, you'll see a lot of things inserted. You'll, you'll see a lot of verses, and you'll think, oh, yeah, yeah, let that mind think like this. And then you get down to verse or chapter 4, verse 13, where it says, and listen again, let this mind be in you. And then it says in 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. That's the kind of thinking God wants me to have, you to have. I can. See, I have to have, I have to have an I can in me. 
Let me say amen. Think like this. Don't think like that because the world says I can't. Devil says I can't, but God's word says I can. I can. Not only can I, I will. Come on, everybody get an I will. I will. I not only can, but I will. Through Christ, I can. I am, uh, I am, I'm powerful enough through Christ. Amen. And so we have to have an I can attitude, which is very crucial to building this, this life that I'm talking about, this great life that I'm talking about. So that's faith. Then we have hope. Hope is anticipated and expected desire. An anticipated and expected desire. That's hope. To look forward with confidence of fulfillment. To expect, desire, anticipate with joy. With joy. Hope, hope will give you joy. If you don't have any hope, your, your joy is gone. You see somebody that has no joy, they don't have any hope. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking about people that just continue. There's, there, there may be times when all of us don't demonstrate a great deal of joy. But I want to tell you, overall, through life, the most part of your, our life, we should be filled. We are filled with the joy of the Lord. And we should demonstrate it. If I'm not joyful, it's probably because I've been pondering something opposite of the Word of God. Amen. Hebrews 6, 19 says, hope is an anchor. It's an anchor. It, it, it anchors you. Anchors hold a ship steady when the seas are tossed about. Hope is your anchor. Hebrews 3, 6 says it's foundational to us. It's foundational to, the, to God's house. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end, end, it is foundational to our lives. Hope causes rejoicing. Again, uh, Romans chapter 12 tells us. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 says that some have no hope. Have you ever seen anyone that didn't, had no hope? We went to Auschwitz, speaking of Poland. We seen pictures, real pictures. Remember the general that said, take lots of pictures because there'll be a day when somebody will say, this didn't really happen. And sure enough, that's happened now. Those who said, some have said, this didn't really happen. This is just something somebody dreamed up, made up, a made up story to, to turn people against us. Well, it really did happen. We were there. We walked the grounds. There's, a, there's, a, there's just a hush over that whole place. We were laughing and carrying on on the way over there. We laughed all on our trip flying over there. We're just 11 of us, and we're just having a great time. We get to Auschwitz. It's all quiet. Just a sense because there's so much of the sense of death there. When you start seeing these pictures, and these people, they took pictures of, they're standing behind these barbed wire fences, and you can look at their eyes, and you can tell they're standing there, but really inside they're dead. They have no hope. No hope. They've been there so long. They've been there a while. Of course, they're, they're, they're in a place where they're seeing, they're seeing their friends, their relatives, their family. They're seeing every day they're taking some of them down to a place and killing them, burning their bodies, bringing the ashes out, putting it in a pond, in a low place. It's now a pond because there's, there's water in it. We've seen those ashes, those gray ashes underneath the water. There they are. 
They even ask you when you go up there where those ashes are, please don't speak. Respect and honor the dead. It's just, it's just a terrible place. It's a remembering, it's a remembrance of some terrible things that happened. These people had no hope. There's no, you, you look at their faces, it's awful. I'm sure you've seen them on TV or somewhere. You've seen those pictures. They have no hope. Let me tell you something. You and I have hope. I have hope. You say, you know, life is grand now, by the way. I, 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 I experience a great life. But I know one thing, I have a better life awaiting for me. I have hope in a better future. Here on earth, yes. In heaven, certainly. But we have hope. How many can say amen? Tell your neighbor, I have hope that you're going to be a better person someday. Tell your husband or wife, I have hope. (laughs) You're going to be the man of God God calls you to be. Apostle Paul said, if in this life only we have hope, we'll be miserable, pitiable. Uh, New King James says, if in this life. But see, we have hope beyond that. The hope of our life is in Christ. It's in Christ and it's from Christ. Hope is, I heard this explained one time. Hope is like a picture that somebody's painting. You know, and as they paint it, and you probably have seen this on TV too. They paint this picture, and here you got this, this picture hanging on the wall. And then somehow they make that picture come to life. See, that's what walking by faith does. Hope paints the picture. Faith brings that picture to life. See, in your mind, in your mind, and in your thinking, you think, this is what I'd like to have. If you're thinking about a home, this is the kind of home I'd like to have. This is what I'd like for it to look like. Give me a little log cabin up in the woods. Some people put this on Facebook. They, these beautiful little little old cabins, nice little cabins are way back up in the woods. And if you were given this place or would you stay here for six months all alone with, without your cell phone, without Facebook, I say, try me. <laughs> Please try me. <laughs> but, but whatever your dream house looks like, See, you paint that in your mind. This is what I'd like for it to look like. This is the kind of car I'd like to have. This, I, want this, I want this white Mercedes, you know, whatever. Uh, I want, this is what I would like to have. You start painting that. But, but see, that's what hope is. You just, it's just in your mind. But faith will bring life to that. Faith will cause you to, to actually own that car. I mean, say amen. Own that home. That's the way faith and, and hope work together. So hope is just the picture, but faith brings it to life. And then the third one I want to talk about is love. Faith, hope, and love. Love is an intense affection. Love generates the power for faith and hope to work. Everything, everything that, that, that happens to us, everything that that we project, everything that we hope for, everything that we have faith for has to operate, has to come from a person that's filled with love. Why do I want to, why, why do I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Because I love people. Why do I want this to happen? Because I love people. Why do I want this to happen? Because I love God. It has to come from a heart of love. Amen? So it generates the power for that. It's best seen it's best described and seen in its working or in its action. 
and it's always working. If it's not working, if it's not an action, if it's not, if it's not showing up in my life, then it's really not love. If I really love my wife, she's going to know it. Now, I need to tell her, but she's going to know it. If I really love you, I, I should tell you, but I should show it. It's love, love is an action. It's in action. It'll cause you to do crazy things. It'll cause you to get way out of your comfort zone. It'll cause you, listen, it'll cause you to lay down your life. Amen. Amen. I'm sure there's not a parent in this place, hopefully, but probably not a parent, a grandparent, or even a great-grandparent that wouldn't lay down their life for their children. Amen. You know why? Because we love them. It's not even a, it probably wouldn't even take a second thought. Wouldn't even be a second thought, you know. If you do that, if you rescue your child, you know you're taking a chance on, you know, you're rescuing them out of a storm, out of, a, uh, out of the waters or whatever. Uh, you, could, you could lose your life. You wouldn't even think twice about it. You don't even ponder that. You know, there's a possibility I might die. What you do is you jump right in and rescue them. You know why? Because you love them. That's the way love operates. I mean, say amen. Look at your Bibles, and I, I believe they're going to put this on the screen also. To 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which describes love or the perfect life or the perfect person's life. And I'm going to read through this. I do this for myself occasionally, especially when I wonder. How many ever wonder why you do certain things? What, what's my motive for that? And so it's good for me, this is one of the best places in the Bible for me to read occasionally and just do a little test, a self-examination. We go to the doctors and we get examined. They run tests on us. Well, let's just run a, an examination on ourselves this morning. Look at, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And then you can rate yourself. Now, before I get finished, if you're screaming and ho screaming for help and running to the altar, it's okay. <laughs> if you see yourself is not what you should be, it's fine. How many know repentance is good for us? Amen. Repentance and change. Chapter 13, verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, Though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Now here's where it gets real personal with me. Love suffers long and is kind. The word kind is kind of gets in my way sometimes. I don't know about you, but I don't always want to be kind. Sometimes when people are ugly, I want to be ugly. How about you? Amen. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. 
Well, you know, I don't know why they get to have a new house. I don't know why they get a new car. I don't know why she got that good-looking guy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It's not proud. Does not behave rudely. Oh, you know, again, sometimes I want to scream out, okay, I've had enough. (laughs) Does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Never ever fails love is a powerful thing let me tell you if you're building your dream life your dream house that last house we seen there if you'll build it on faith hope and love and especially love your life will stand I I recall just now recall reading about, I don't even remember who the person was. They lived to be like 110 years old, 105 years old. And they said, you know, what was your eating habits and what do you know? How healthy did you eat? And they told him, well, you know, they weren't really that, I mean, they ate well, but there's some things they probably should not have eaten. They'd probably lived longer if they had eaten some things differently. Did you exercise? Did you do this? Did you do that? On and on and on. And then they said, uh, ask a question. It was something like this. Again, I should, have, I should have gotten this together before I started, but it just popped in my mind. It's like, and so has anyone, have you ever had a falling out with anyone? Have you ever had a, anybody that you just didn't like, you hated? Never. Has anyone ever has anyone ever done you wrong? No. Well, you know that's not right. I know all of us could probably pick on somebody. Somebody didn't do me exactly right. I mean, it may have been a school teacher, you know. Can you believe I had a school teacher that gave me a D one time? Can you believe that? I was just I was the perfect student, but I got a D in her class. See, everybody, everybody can point to something like that. But this lady said, no, I never had anybody ever do anything wrong against me. She had forgotten all about it. If, and, and I'm sure they had, but she, didn't, she kept no account of it. Let me tell you, if you want to live a long life and have a good life, you can't walk in bitterness. Amen? Amen. Now abides faith, hope, and love. And I'll tell you again, if you will build on these, on these three, if you'll build your life, your dream house on these three, it will stand. The storm will not take you down. I mean, say amen. Now, you know, our president said four or five years ago, I want to make America great again. Make America great again. You know what this nation needs? We don't need a different president. We don't need, we don't even need it. Listen, it's not up to the president to make this nation great. It certainly can, certainly can help. But if you and I, see, I can't do anything about what's going on in D.C. I can't do anything about what's going on in your house. 
But if I'll decide I'm going to build my house on these principles and you decide you're going to build your house on these principles and we all do it together, let me tell you something. We can turn not only, listen, not only our life, our church around, our city around, we can change the world. We can be a part of changing the world anyway. Having to say amen. But it's up to us as individuals. I'll tell you again, I've said this many times, but you know, there are so many sermons I've listened to and I've sat in the congregation and I've thought, boy, I hope they got that. <laughs> I hope she got that. Well, let me, let me say to you this morning, I had to come to the realization that minister was talking to me too. The Word of God is talking to me. Amen. And I can't change you, but I can change me with the power of God. Lord, we thank you for the Word this morning. We thank you that it's powerful. It's quick. It's like a two-edged sword cuts going and coming. Thank you for that, Father. It cuts out things out of our life that needs to be cut out. We thank you for that. Thank you. It is powerful too. Lord, I thank you that the word that I spoke this morning from your word is powerful. Your word is powerful. Change me. Change us. Help us to build a better life. Help us to build such a great life that the world sees and say there's something different. There's just something different about them. It's that great life. Why are they always happy? Why are they always full of joy? Why are they always full of faith? Why are they always full of love? Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you. And I remind us and I remind myself, Lord, we are a city set on a hill. We are the light of the world. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for just just helping construct, help us construct our lives on the word of God that will stand sure. Well, wasn't that a great episode? I sure hope you enjoyed it. I hope it enriched your life. I hope it is helping you live a life better after the love of Jesus Christ. If you enjoyed it, I want you to make sure you click on that subscribe button. Also, you can go to our website, WLFAR.com, and click on the Give button and help support what God is doing in our region. God bless you.